Hello, and welcome to another Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and this is our weekly series where we talk about five things you should know about, helping you to recap the week that just was. And it has been quite a week here at Ritter Insurance Marketing. Coming in at number one, Ritter Insurance Marketing is now a part of Integrity Marketing Group. And for a little background on Integrity, they are a leading distributor of life and health insurance. They provide innovative solutions for wealth management and retirement planning. And I suppose I should be saying we instead of they, shouldn't I? Our network of 15,000 agents joins their network of more than 450,000 agents and advisor, and our almost 300 employees will be joining Integrity's ranks, nearly 6,000 employees at the time of acquisition. And you know what this means, right? The thing I'm most excited about is that we are going to have so much more to offer you our agents, and our future agents. One thing I have valued personally is our leadership's commitment to our staff. That has always been so important to Craig, and he certainly leads by example. And Integrity's values seem to be very much aligned with our own. A focus on the people, families, and making a positive difference in the industry through our actions. But rather than hear from me like you do every week, let's hear it from Brian Adams, co-founder and CEO of Integrity Marketing Group. We are so excited to welcome Ritter Insurance Marketing to the Integrity family. By combining our capabilities, we'll be able to serve more Americans with their life, health, and wealth needs than ever before. And here's what our very own Craig Ritter, CEO here at Ritter Insurance Marketing, has to say about the partnership. The things I love about this business are innovating, developing new products, developing new relationships. And I'm so excited to think about what we can do together with integrity at our side. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway I heard this week. From our Chief Sales and Marketing Officer, Dave Deeds. There's three areas that we are serving, our employees, our agents, and our carriers. So we believe that partnering with Integrity is going to help all three of those. And then our COO, Scott Kowalski, as well. Partnering with Integrity will bring us the best minds in the industry and some of the best resources that exist. I'm so excited about what we're going to be able to do tomorrow that we can't do today. And of course, we would not be here without him, the founder of Ritter Insurance Marketing, Cal Ritter. I think Integrity is the company to be with because they believe the way we do in service and putting the people first. There's a very real buzz in the air over here, and it is full of potential for what's to come. One of the things that's always set Ritter apart is their focus on technology and innovation. And by coming together, we're going to be able to transform this industry by investing more in technology to make sure that we serve more Americans together. While we have a very simple mission to help our agents sell more products, delivering on that promise is becoming more and more complex. Partnering with Integrity will help us stay ahead of the curve 
and stay in front of all these changes. Again, very excited to be able to bring you this amazing news. Like I said, we are really excited about this opportunity. And we also know that you might have some questions, so feel free to direct those questions toward your Ritter reps that you normally check in with, or grab the link to get in touch with our team with the link that is in our episode notes. Number two, for this one, we are headed back to the final rule because we've been getting questions, as has NAHU, the National Association of Health Underwriters about that portion of the Medicare final rule from CMS requiring agents to record telephonic conversations with beneficiaries beginning October 1st. This was actually one of the questions we got in Craig's State of the Senior Market follow-up Q&A, so it's great to have Nehu addressing this new bit of legislation as well. That came in the form of a memo sent out last Friday afternoon. And I would love to tell you that we have a solid do this, don't do that moving forward, but it's a bit more complicated than that. Nehu has been speaking with officials from CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And here's what's been found out so far. And I'm going to quote directly from the information Nehu sent out. Quote, The recording requirement applies to all agents who enroll beneficiaries into new plans, whether they are current or new clients. The wording of the rule references marketing calls, but Nehu confirmed that CMS interprets enrollment as marketing. Online applications that agents walk through with their clients are also subject to recording. Ships are exempt from the rule there does not appear to be an audit plan in place to verify compliance, end quote. And I want to break here for a moment to define SHIPS. That stands for State Health Insurance Assistance Program. So the memo from Nehu went on to say that they spoke with CMS at length about both whether this new requirement applies to your current book of business because, quote, The beneficiary has voluntarily entered into a relationship with the agent, end quote. They go on to mention that most of the issue was with call centers soliciting beneficiaries. That's really the crux of the problem and why CMS wrote the rule in the first place after that infamous memo last fall. So Nehu's position is that when it comes to recording those telephonic conversations, quote, We believe the requirement should be on call centers, not on agents and brokers with established relationships with their Medicare clients, end quote. And while that covers the recording part of the final rule, there's also potential for clarification about what CMS means when they say TPMO, short for third-party marketing organizations. What does that mean for field marketing organizations, or FMOs, like Ritter and others? That's something that, according to Nehu, hasn't been decided yet, but the discussions are ongoing. They wrote, quote, We agree to connect again in the next couple of weeks to discuss further the FMO role and a definition of independent agent that may give them sufficient reason to carve out independent agents from this requirement. 
They also seemed willing to reconsider agents with an ongoing relationship with beneficiaries as their agent of record as part of their current book of business, end quote. So just a little update there to let you know that your questions have been heard and they've been taken up by organizations who are in conversations to provide clarification and hopefully come to an agreement that both parties can be happy with and that will still offer protection to Medicare beneficiaries. Number three, when it comes to changing Medicare, there are a lot of different ideas and proposals. We've covered many of them here on the podcast. Just last Thursday, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders introduced S-4202, the Medicare for All Act of 2022. And while that is certainly newsworthy, another proposed change to Medicare, lowering the age of eligibility, that gets floated around quite a bit. And on Tuesday this week, CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, released their most recent estimates on lowering the Medicare age to 60. It would add a lot of beneficiaries to the Medicare rolls. But that addition obviously comes at a cost. First and foremost, lowering the eligibility age from 65 to 60 would add $155 billion to the federal budget deficit over the course of 2026 through 2031. More people would indeed be covered with 7.3 million more people using Medicare Parts A and B as their primary coverage source. Because of that, 3.2 million people would not have employer coverage. CBO estimates that most would enroll in Medicare as their primary source of coverage instead. And then 1.8 million people would leave the Medicaid rolls. CBO figuring that almost all would choose to enroll in Medicare for their primary coverage. CBO also estimated that about 2 million who would be enrolled in non-group coverage would also almost all choose to enroll in Medicare. And then by their estimates, lowering the age of eligibility to 60 would mean that 0.4 million people would be without health insurance. Some interesting numbers at first glance when it comes to the additional costs and growth in enrollment. But there are so many other factors to consider, like how lowering the age of eligibility would affect Social Security benefits and payments, and then how that ripples out to the rest of the industry and the economy. And we can't forget that 2026 is the year when the Medicare Trust Fund faces insolvency. So, updated estimates, some updated statistics and findings, and we will be linking to that report in our notes if you would like to read it yourself. Number four, very short item here, great bit of news to share on your social feeds. More free COVID-19 test kits are available from the government. The Biden administration announced that households can receive eight more tests free of charge. So like the last round of free test kits, you can get yours by simply visiting covidtests.gov 
www.ncpa.gov and filling out your information. I will say that it is nice having them on hand because last week, my daughter suddenly did not feel well. She all of a sudden had a sore throat, her ear hurt, and she was super tired. Some of those are symptoms of COVID, and we were able to test very quickly and confirm that it was thankfully not COVID, just likely her spring allergies. So we will have the link to that site, as well as an NPR article that you can share with your clients via social media or in a newsletter. Number five, speaking of social media, TikTok is adding a feature to its platform, allowing users to credit a specific video in addition to creators so that hopefully credit can be given where credit is due. because. What often happens is that a trend gets picked up on, these viral videos get attributed back to a popular user rather than the account and video that actually created the trend. On TikTok, it has been a problem because Black creators have repeatedly been overlooked as the originators of innovative viral content like the Savage Dance or the Renegade during the pandemic. and. As a creative, I think this is a good first step. It's certainly half of the battle. But I also think the other half is that curiosity of wanting to know where the trend originated, wanting to give proper credit, and also taking the time to seek out that credit rather than just attributing your take to the video that drew your attention into the content. And Like I said, credit where credit is due has been a large problem for digital creators all over social media and the internet. That's why so many artists like the concept of NFTs. So like I said, I'm glad to see this step forward. Definitely think that the conversation needs to continue, though. And now that brings us to... Rupel Recommends. As the weather gets warmer, I'm always thinking of popping by the Dunkin' drive-thru for an iced coffee. It is one of my favorite summertime treats. And when I had that thought this week, it reminded me that I have not checked on the new treats coming to Dunkin' or Starbucks in a while. And it turns out they've both released their summer menus. And we will start with Dunkin' because I absolutely love their iced coffees. The Butter Pecan Iced Coffee will return along with the Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. New this year, a Mango Pineapple Dunkin' Refresher, which sounds great, but the new Cake Batter Signature Latte sounds even better, just, you know, maybe in a small size. And new on their food menu, a tomato pesto grilled cheese, a glazed cornbread donut, and munchkins. And I love cornbread, especially with butter and maple syrup, so this new donut sounds amazing. Then on the siren side of things, Starbucks has a chocolate cream cold brew that could possibly be the cold brew I've been waiting for. They've got a new lime-frosted coconut bar. That will go well with the returning unicorn cake pop, which somehow my daughter and I have not had that one. 
also returning the Caramel Ribbon Crunch and Mocha Cookie Crumble flavored Frappuccino blended beverages. So let me know if you try any of those and how you like them. And of course, stay tuned to my Instagram feed because I will post there if I find these new treats and let you know how I like them. That's the episode for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know it was a longer one this week, but I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 